You know, uh, I've been teaching on effective prayer, and I'm going to follow up with that, but I'm going to teach it in a uh, different title. The, pr the prayer of faith will is what I've called this. And, and I'm going to talk about relating it to prayer, relating it to our, our walk and believing God, you know, uh, understanding and recognizing that there's different types of prayer. You know, there's uh, the, the kinds of prayer that where we're uh, just dedicating ourselves to God, that prayer, that fellowship with God, that talking to God, where, where we're just coming to God, acknowledging who He is, that, that praise and worship, that part of prayer that is praise and worship, where, where we're praying uh, and, and exalting God's name like we see in the, in the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's a, a type of prayer. We come before God and we just acknowledge who He is and what He's done. You hear me say that all the time. God, we thank You for what You've done, what You're doing, and what You're going to do. See, and, and that comes from a position and a place of faith. It doesn't come based on our conditions. We're not praising God because everything's wonderful. It's okay to praise God when everything's wonderful. But I've learned to praise God first and foremost. You know, the Apostle Paul in Philippians said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He said, Rejoice. Uh, he didn't say when everything's good, rejoice, dance around, shout. I love it when my team's winning. I love it when we got everything, you know, falling good. We feel good. We're, we're, uh, or, but I've learned to rejoice in the Lord regardless. And, and see, when we, when we develop that lifestyle, that determination and that position and attitude, then things don't determine our happiness. Happiness depends on hap uh, happenings, but the joy from the Lord comes within. And that's that faith to determine that we're going to walk by uh, walk in Him and, and trust Him. I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And we're not going to spend a lot of time here. We've established this fairly well, but I don't think that there's uh, too many times that we don't go back to this definition of faith and understanding how to believe God, how to trust Him. You know, I, I know that a lot of people just, you know, leave a lot to God. And, and I, I think that God in His, in His absolute power and sovereignty is, has the ability to do anything. But I also look and read throughout my Bible how He chooses to operate through man. And He gives us our responsibility, our part to play. That we have to, to do what is, is our part. And our part is to believe. You know, He made available to all the, the, the gift of salvation, the, the, the gift of eternal life, the offering for the forgiveness of our sin. And He didn't say, well, when you go to church long enough. He didn't say, well, when, when, you've, when you've done this, uh, you've got a degree in theology or you've got a... A, a five years of, of uh, service in the church, or you've, you've done this or that or the other. He says, believe in Him. Now, that's, uh, sometimes it's interesting, that is a process that we go through, the, the ability to put down the flesh or set aside all the questions and the, and the things and just believe Him, just trust Him. You know, uh, that, that demonstration of that trust is, is throughout our life. That's why we talk about the, the offering, or that's why we talk about spending time in prayer. That's why we talk about uh, giving up of, of things, putting Him first. You know, the Bible says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. And, and so whenever we choose to say, okay, God, you know, you know I, I look around here and I've got 
people from all walks of life. I got people who, who have a lot of responsibility in, in your work. Some of you are, are uh, have have things that are pressing on you from the time you your eyes pop open. And I feel that I, I totally get that. I totally understand that. But I also totally understand and know that if I dial my day down to the beginning of when I of putting Him first, that all those other things begin to li- line up. As part of that that blessing, I was talking about this in the morning uh, prayer t- or morning Bible study on high call uh, has been the blessing. Walk in the blessing, and we really just barely scratched the surface of it. But that blessing of God that He's at work in and through our life to to do Romans eight twenty eight to turn all things to our good. All things work together for those who love for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. I mean, those scriptures and those that word is at work in us. But we have to trust God and walk by faith. Hebrews eleven one. He says, "Now faith is the confidence." King James says, "Substance." It's the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. You know, faith is that confidence in what we hope for. So it's the ability to, uh, to, to uh, believe God and trust Him whether we see anything or not. And that's the greatest challenge that we have, especially resourceful people and, and, and people that are, that are able to do a lot of things is putting that trust in God and not just doing it ourselves. I don't know about you, but I, I'm sometimes impatient. I like to help God out. But there's a, a, a lot to be said for us just learning to stay in rhythm with God, stay in step with God, stay in His timing and allow God to work things out and put things into play. Uh, you know, faith, faith it, that, that it is, is that assurance or that substance to what we hope for. Well, listen, the thing that we got to understand in that word hope is that the hope is that blueprint for our life. What's the thing that we desire? See, when we, when we look out into the future, we look out into what we desire, a hope from when I read the Word of God, I'm hoping for the blessing. I'm hoping for the provision. I'm hoping for the supply. I, I, hope, I, I, I hope that you have a greater understanding of, of life in God, that it's more than just eternal life. You know, God, Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But he said, I came, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundant. Now, I'm not turning to all these verses, but most of you know these. We've heard these. uh, And if you're not familiar with them, you know, that's a good reason to have a notepad and take notes and go back or go back and watch the video again, whatever. But grabbing a hold of those scriptures, and, and we know that he came to give us life, eternal life, but then life, more abundant life now. So he wants us to have uh, the blessing. I was talking to Derek, and he, he was talking about, uh, I said, I saw you, you had some, some horses showed up at your house. you got little girls. They love horses. Well, see, that's a blessing from a neighbor. They don't have to feed them. They don't have to mess with them. They don't have to keep them in. They don't have to pay vet bills. They just get to ride them and send It's kind of like you know, grandkids. They say you, you play with them, have fun, and send them back. You know, it, it's, it's that blessing See, that's the kind of little things that are blessings that you can have. Well, see, we, we want to trust God. We have hope. We have that desire. We have that future, that out there in, in the, in the, in, out ahead of us. But see, I've just learned when I, put my, when I surrender my life to God and I trust Him, I can begin to look at this book and all the things that are provided, and I can see the value of it 
Just like that, that teaching in, in that rebuke in Malachi for them. We'll leave that on them. See, we don't want that on us. But we, we hear that, that rebuke, but the rebuke was not because God needed their money. It was because he was, he was robbing, they were robbing him of the opportunity for the blessing. He said, because here's how the blessing works. You do your part, I do mine. You do your part, you tap into what is the provision. And that's what hope, looking into the future, hope, uh, it, it, that hope comes from, it, it, the, the definition of that word from the Greek, it, it means, the meaning of it is an earnest and persistent expectation. So it's not just a wishing. There's a difference between hope and wishing. You know, there's a saying that goes along with it. I'm just going to leave that saying out there. Some of you will know that saying. But you know what? Wishing is not the, not the thing that we desire. We want, we want the hope. We want to know a hope that is an earnest expectation, a hope that is based on the God that we serve. And as our faith begins to identify God as who He is, as our faith begins to, to un help us to understand the believing in Him, not only believing that He exists. Let's look at verse 6. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. So you've got to believe that it, there is a God. That's the first hurdle. But then it says, and that he's a, He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. What, what does second, uh, uh, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if we'll believe in our heart that Jesus is a Christ, that God raised Him from the dead, we shall be saved. We've got to believe that He exists and that He rewards. What does He reward with? The provision of eternal life, the gift of salvation. See, e even when we were sinners, Christ died for us. All those, those promises, those good words that help us and, and introduce us to the gift of salvation, we have to believe that not only He exists, but that He rewards us. He provides for us. His, a life with Him is better than anything the world provides or, or the, anything the world uh, uh, would, that we could entertain. You know, it, it's amazing the thing, uh, <clears throat> the world has this idea that we're the ones giving up things, <clears throat> that we're the ones losing out. <clears throat> but I'm, I, I've learned to know that God is the one that supplies and provides for us and enables us to uh, enjoy the better things. So he says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So faith is, is a key. You know, hope, that earnest, persistent, uh, confident expectation is, is a blueprint for our faith. Now, I was, I was reading a book. Um, you know, I, I, love to, uh, I love to, you know, try to grow, try to read. I'm, I'm all the time looking. I was at, we were in the city. Sue and I went for our 35th anniversary down to uh, Oklahoma City and, and stayed Friday night and just hung out and went to Mardell's and, who was looking for, I always go through the books and stuff. She wanted to go over and shop. She said there was, I don't know, some store over there we don't have here in Enid. And she, she said, uh, I'll run over there. You run into Mardell's because, you know, she knew what I was going to do. I was going to go shop. I was going to go look through the books and spend a bunch of time reading stuff. And anyway, I pulled out this book on uh, <clears throat> uh, from this doctor, and it's a health book, health book but this uh, Christian doctor that's also a nutritionist, Anyway, I'm, I'm looking at some things just to maintain health. To, you know, one of the things I know is God created us to, 
our bodies to do amazing things in, in healing and restoring. And I also know that, uh, you know, as, as I've gotten older that I have aches and pains and things that I, I, I don't like. I've got an elbow right now that this sucker, I mean, is just, it just continues to hurt. I, I, I grabbed a calf. During the ice storm, I grabbed a baby calf that, that was frozen or cold, but he was still alive enough. He wasn't going to lay in the floorboard. So I tied his feet, and I, and I threw him into the floorboard of my pickup. And when I picked him up, it was a big I mean, the calf probably weighed, I don't know how this cow even had this calf. He's probably weighed at least 90 pounds, but for sure 80. I mean, that's not an exaggeration at all. Well, I get ready to throw him in there, and, of course, I've got his feet and tied and his head's flopping and going everywhere it shouldn't, and I grabbed him, and then, you know, I'm sticking him in there. Well, when I did, I extended that elbow, and I know I've got a tendon or something. Boy, that sucker hurts. Well, see, some of that's just part of aging. Some of that probably should be checked out. But, you know, the, the way we do, but it just keeps nagging and keeps nagging. That was in February. That sucker's still nagging. It's like, okay, so we pray for wisdom. Don't start on me about what I need to do. Okay. <laughs> but the better part of wisdom. So are there things that we can avoid? Are there things that we can do? I asked the Lord, okay, so God, what do I do where eating is concerned? What do I do where my diet's concerned? What things are affecting me? See, my hope and my expectation is to live long in the earth, fulfill my days, to walk in health. I don't want to be around here. I know where heaven is. I don't want to be around here if I don't have quality of life and, and health. So I want to do everything I can as God lead me and instruct me in what, in what I need to do. So I'm reading this book. I pulled this book out. Well, I didn't expect to get a lesson in faith in this book. It ties in some scripture and things. But, but in this book, he talked about how they were believing God. Their son had Hodgkin's, uh, Hodgkin's uh, lymphoma. The Hod Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yes. And... Uh, you know, cancer, the lymph nodes, bad deal. Uh, their son was diagnosed with this, and they were they were praying and believing God as well as doing everything within the medical field. And and one of the things he said is God showed him that faith, being faith speaking or praying in faith speaking, was going into the future to bring to the present what needed to change. Now, that's different than the way I've always heard and, and taught this. But I'm, I'm going to bring that out a little bit as we, I think, as we go along. But it was very, very interesting how having the Word of God, building faith from that Word of God, we know that that gives us the ability to speak or to call what's not as though it were. We know it gives us the ability to pray what God says to change things moving forward, but it brings it into the now. And, and anyway, I'm going to have to work on that some more to communicate that the way that I know that God was relating it to me. But I want us to see how God takes the understanding of who He is makes all the difference if we're going to pray a prayer that's full of faith and get results. Uh, let's look at John chapter 14. I threw that a little bit of that out there, and I want you to. <clears throat> I have seen, <clears throat> of course, I I have all kinds of different prayer needs. People bring prayer requests. We pray for people <clears throat> on a constant, everyday basis. <clears throat> Goodness, I don't know what I got caught in my throat, but a little bit of water hadn't fixed it yet. But it, get that out of there. That little tickle. Verse one. In John chapter 14, Jesus, now understand the, the, the setting here. 
John Mark was was not one of the original twelve. Uh, you know, I got to looking at this, and I forget that Luke and John were actually not two of the. 12, they were disciples, they were followers of Jesus, they were there with him, but he actually was an associate of Paul and, and walked and lived with Jesus. But he wrote, John, uh, or actually John is, uh, sorry, I was thinking about Mark. I'm going to go to Mark later. Mark and Luke weren't, but John was one of the 12. And so in this verse, he's, he's quoting Jesus. John uh, chapter 14, verse 1, Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now the setting that he's in is, is these 12 or, and plus, the disciples that were with him, they, he was tr preparing them for him going away. Jesus was preparing them. You know, he's, he's towards the end of his ministry. They, they've been with him now uh, almost three years. They've, they've seen him. They've lived him. They've, they've begun to rely on him. But he's develop, developing them and preparing them to extend this ministry on past after he goes to heaven. But he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. So I just had to stop, as you know I do, and emphasize a couple of words. He says, do not. I mean, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. He's giving them a a command. He's giving them a mandate. He's giving them a, a, a something that, of course, they have a choice as to whether or not they do this. But he's he's setting a a high bar for how they're to live. He says, "Do not let your heart be troubled." Now, see if Jesus is talking to his disciples, preparing them for him going away, preparing for this big transition, preparing for them to be in a place doing something that they're not able to do. Trouble was going to come, but he says, don't let your heart be troubled. In the midst of it all, don't be troubled. You know, uh, Friday, Thursday, Friday, maybe it was Thursday, I guess, um, Kenzie calls me, and I'm up at the ranch, I'm up there at the land, and I'm, I'm checking cattle, and I'm not in a very good spot. And she's crying, and she, you know, she calls, she says, I, I got hit by a semi, blah, blah, and the phone's cutting out, you know, and everything. Now, I mean, many of you uh, know they have kids, and of course, this is this is our fourth one. We've been through through quite a bit, but you know, it's like okay. So, first of all, now, how does your heart respond? How do or have you conditioned yourself to handle that? I remember another time. I'll get to the rest of that story in a minute. I, I remember one time, Kenzie. Uh, Kenzie's nose was bleeding, and this is when she's a little guy, or a little girl, I mean, just little. And she runs in the house, she, her, her nose is bleeding. There's been popping firecrackers outside. It was 4th of July. The kids were all at home, you know, playing. And, I mean, she's freaking out. She's crying, and, and, and Sue is absolutely going nuts because we can't tell what's going on. She's crying. Nobody will talk, and she, but there's blood everywhere. Well, it was no big deal. I think she picked her nose when it was dry and it started bleeding. I mean, you know, it was, it was absolutely no problem. But I mean, she's, and everybody's running around like a chicken with her head cut off. And I was like, wait a minute, grab her and sit her down. For one thing, you're stringing blood everywhere in the house. Sit down for a minute. Well, that's kind of, I mean, this deal, I, I've conditioned myself to not respond in, in this way, but it's because of, of the faith and trust in God. We're trusting God regardless. 
See, we choose to apply this. God, I'm not going to be troubled. I'm not going to be ruled by my emotions and all these other things. Do we have them? Yes, but they're not going to be the thing that it's not a runaway. You know, you've been a horse is a runaway. I mean, that is the worst feeling. I'd rather one buck than run off. This, do not let your heart be troubled. He's telling him, he's preparing him. He says, you set your heart. You're not going to be ruled by the emotions and be troubled. Oh, man, the market's going, woo. The jobs are going, the expenses are going, the government's doing, blah, 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 whatever it is. Are we going to be troubled or are we going to trust God? Now, in the midst of it, we can, be, we can be concerned, we can take attention, we can gather information, but how am I going to be ruled? Am I going to be ruled by something that's going to lead me to fear and to doubt and to worry and be consumed with those things, or am I going to stand on God's Word, God, I'm trusting you? That's what He's teaching them to do, and that's what we got to do. Well, the rest of the story, she, she was coming on to uh, O.N.K. Garrett, and as she came on there from 30th Street, there was a truck coming. That's two lanes right there, and you got a merge lane. Well, when the merge lane came, and she came in, and she went ahead and accelerated to try to get out around that truck on the right side. She shouldn't have done that, obviously. But this truck thought she thought he passed her, and, and I mean, the whole side of her car now is mashed. Well, uh, it... it She's fine. Everything is fine. Tore up the mirror and everything. Now me and Jay will get have fun, get replacing, fixing the side of the car. Hopefully we can do that rather than because it had liability insurance. Well, the trucker. Anyway, long story short, we're hung with eight hundred dollars worth of tickets because she went ahead and left, thinking the trucker left. Anyway, it's a long story. It's a mess. I'm thirty miles away, and because I didn't come to town and deal with it right then. She went on school. We just roll right on. Well, so God's going to take care of those circumstances and those situations. I called the police later, and they showed up, and they go, yeah, we were looking for y'all. I'm like, Kenzie, you may have to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving the scene of an accident. <laughs> She's like, oh, God, I don't know we're going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I had a little fun with that one. But uh, actually, you know, I mean, it could have been, you know, there's, that, that's, there's a lot of things wrong in that situation. And, of course, I'm mad. I'm mad because I didn't deal with it better. I'm mad because the truckers, of course, their claim was different than what her story was. There's another pull, truck guy pulled over, and two of them, you know, they collaborated on what their story was. So I don't know. All I know is... The, the circumstances and situations. I woke up at 5 o'clock the next morning. That happened in the afternoon. We had a full day of stuff. She had a choir deal that night. We rolled on. I mean, and then I wake up at 5 o'clock the next morning, and I got to thinking about that. And I thought, you know what, if that truck could have been just a little bit further over. I, I, I thought about, you know what, if that would have spun her out, if that would have blown a tire, pulled her into that car. I mean, a semi-tire is this far, didn't bust her windshield out, or a window out, didn't send her in all those directions, it, it held her straight. The, the tire rubbed against her tire, you could see where it rubbed the rim and the tire and kept her wheel straight until that trucker could pull back away. So see, that's God's provision, Him watching over that situation. Now, you either then get worried and never want Him to drive again, or you put trust in God. You know, we, we, we have to settle that in our mind. This is how we respond. 
And so I, I use that not to be foolish with things, but that we have our faith and our trust in God, continuing to be in a position to hear God keep, keep His ear, uh, and our ear tuned to His. He says, now, notice what he says in this verse. I, I, I've, I've taught this minister this a lot of times, and I begin to see some things that emphasized or that stood out to me this morning. And this is, notice he, he goes on, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, he's, he's bringing them to a place of, of transition. He's saying, believe, you believe in God. Realize these are Jews. They were, they, were, they were raised around God of the Old Testament. They were raised around God, the great I Am, that, that, brought, that, that led Moses and that delivered the children of Israel that parted the Red Sea. They, 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 they saw this God. They said, believe, you believe in that God. But remember, that was a God who they went to the temple to sacrifice to who they could not see. That was a God who was way off somewhere in their minds. He had done great things years before. But understand also that God had not spoken for 300 years from Malachi. I don't know if that has anything to do with them being slackers. Remember our, our, our challenge over Malachi? For 300 years, there had not been a prophet in Israel. There had not been a prophet and now Jesus shows up in... Now, they were still doing the practices. They were still doing the rituals. But God began to be a distant God instead of a close God. And now Jesus is, is, is walking the earth. And they're starting to get an inkling of who He is. They're starting to understand, wow, this guy is amazing. And now Jesus is getting ready to... He's preparing them to say, now I'm not going to be here. We'll read those in uh, the rest of that chapter. I love chapter 14, 15, 16. Jesus is he's challenging those disciples. He says, you believe in God, now believe in me. And they're, and they're, and they're kind of like, I'm sure, they're thinking, okay, well, we believe in you. I mean, we, we're, we gave up our lives for you. We, we left our business. We're, we're trusting you for everything. What do you mean, believe in you? I believe there's another level to that that he's leading them into. He says, in my Father there are many rooms. If, you'd not, if that were not so, I would have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you, or I wouldn't have said so, to prepare a place for you. If you go and prepare a place for you, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am and you know the way to the place where I'm going. So he's talking in speech they're struggling with. And uh, verse 5, Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And notice what Jesus responds with in verse 6. He says, then Jesus answered, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now I want to do something real quickly. I, I want you to, and I about forgot about this, and I, I want you to, to see what he's telling them to do, how he's telling them to, to be established. Look at the words, look at the uh, verse 27. John chapter uh, 14, verse 27. Jesus, remember, he said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do not give I do not give to you as the world gives to you. And again, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know, when Jesus commanded them to not 
fear, not worry, not be troubled. He said it there in verse 1. Then he ends this or comes closer to the end of this chapter. He reiterates it again in verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. So he told them, believe in me. He told them, don't let your heart be troubled. And then he tells them, here's what I'm giving you. Not my presence anymore. He's about to go away. But he says, my peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. He says, I don't give it as the world gives it. How does the world give it? Well, when everything's good, we're at peace. When everybody's quiet, we're at peace. When everybody loves each other, we're at peace. No, the, 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 he gives it the peace according to the Word of God through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. He gives us an ability to have a, a strength and a stability that's not conditioned by everything around us, but it's because of what God's entrusted to us and provided for us. Now, look at chapter 16. I about forgot these and I wanted to go back. Chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. Be of good cheer, the King James says. I have overcome the world. You know, it takes faith to believe that. It takes faith to walk in that. And it takes that ability to just begin to understand and know who He is like He's over here again in verse 1. So Jesus is tying all that together and He says, you believe in God, back over to 14.1, you believe in God, believe also in Me. Now there in verse uh, 7, or verse 6, Verse 6 says, Jesus answered, and He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I did a teaching one time on, on the I am, the great I am. When you begin to look at the, the, the understanding of what these Jews, what these Hebrew people, who, those who understood the Old Testament, they understood God as that's one of God's names or the way He described Himself was I am. When, when Moses in Exodus chapter 3 is there at the burning bush when he's getting ready to, to when God has called him and, and speaks to him and, and says, go to Pharaoh and, and tell him to let my people go, he says, How, who am I? Who's sending me? And what, it, what it was his response? He said, you tell him that I am, I am that I am. Within that is I am, I am the beginning, I am the end, I am the alpha, I am the omega, I am. It's like, you know, it's like these people that have just one name. You know, they just need, you just need Reba, you just need Garth, you just need, you know, you just, they are, they are kind of it, they're kind of, you know, George. You know, you just, you just know those people, you just know those, those individuals. Only it's a whole lot more, obviously, with God. But see, when they heard I am, He was the one who, who was unlimited. Now Jesus is trying to transition them to realize I am the way. The way. There's one. The way. I am the truth. See, I circled the. And the life. I am the life. This is, this is where this comes from. And so he's building this understanding in them. And he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now notice verse 7. It says, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. For now, from now on, you do not know him. You do know Him 
and have seen him. He's trying to paint this picture. Listen, they, me, he and I are one. You've known the Father. You've known me. Now put them together. Because the reason for that is, is he's, he's beginning to t teach them and prepare them of how to, to walk by faith and to trust him. Let's go on down to verse 9. It says, And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. He just keeps saying this over and over again. So they put the connection between God the Father and this man who, who's walked with you. He says, How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. Believe me when I say to you that I am, the, I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you that whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. Boy, I tell you what, that's a, that's a loaded verse, isn't it? That's, that's some loaded stuff. That means I can ask, I, I got any new truck. Well, it needs to be in His name, all right? It needs to be within His will. Now, there's room. He says in your desires. He knows your desires. He knows the things you need. You know, He'll bring them. thing is, we need to trust God for His timing and all those things. But let's quit messing with all that and, and come back. Let's start out with believing for the things that are we know are in His name. He says, believe me. What did He say over here in the, when He began in that in 14, 14 1? He says, you believe in God, believe in me. He's establishing that believing, that faith in him. He goes on. Now notice, he says, believe in me, verse 11. And when I say that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or at least believe of the evidence of the works themselves, he says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I am doing and will do even greater works than these because I go to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name. Now, I had, to, I had the, the and, and we'll kind of stop here, and we'll, we'll begin probably next week in this, but understanding the authority of His name, that prayer of faith will, that was my title, the prayer of faith will. Well, it says in Mark 11, 23 and 24, it'll move mountains. We know that the prayer of faith in James chapter 5 saves the sick. We know that, that, that it's through the prayer of faith that we, are, we receive salvation, so it will save. It's those things. It will also bring, as he said right there, whatever we ask. But notice he said, everything you ask in my name. I was thinking about this. Uh, you know, I've got multiple charge accounts all, all over the place. I mean, I've got these different co-ops or, or whatever. As long as if you go in in my name, you can buy or or don't be doing this now. But but I mean, yeah, if you if you go to one of the co-ops and 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 they can they'll and, and you say, well, I'm putting that on Kelly's account. 
Now they're going to ask, hopefully, does he have, do you have the authority to use that name? You know, it, it's funny, because of the name and the, and the credit and the establishing of, of who I am and that I pay my bills, as many of you do the same thing, but, uh, but they, I can make a phone call. Made a phone call, you know, make a phone call, say, hey, uh, I need, I got 160 acres over here, I need fertilized, uh, put on this number, this number, well, give me the legals, we do that, and you know, there's, there you go. They show up, I never see them. I see the bill, we never see them. But see, they, they trust. Many of you do the same types of things in, in different ways. And, and, and it's because of that name. Now, if my name doesn't pay its bills, then obviously they cut that off. But they, they're willing to do that based on that name until it's proven otherwise. When we trust and understand and know what God's will is now, so if you go and you say, well, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to fertilize mine, so I'm going to call up and I'm going to say in the name of Kelly, come over and you know, fertilize Cody. Cody can call him up and say, you know, uh, uh, come over and fertilize my place, but do it in Kelly's name. Well, they should, they should call and ask, is this your will? No. I love you. I love you, bro, but... <laughs> Especially with fertilizer prices right now, it's like they, I got that bill, and Sue's like, uh, yeah. But when we go before when what Jesus has given us, what he has given us, through faith in his name, through faith in the word of God, through his promises and provision, is the ability to use his name for the things that are according to God's will. That's why we, we, we do our part and we get... I can pray, God, make provision for me financially. What, what gives me the authority to do that? By doing my part, by giving as he, by, by surrendering and, and tithing, by giving uh, my, my trust in him, by allowing him to guide and direct my life in all those areas. If I'm, I, if I'm in the wrong in spending, I ask the, the, the Lord to guide and direct me. If I'm praying for blessing and yet I'm being wasteful and a poor steward, how is the, how is the blessing going to be there? Have I ever wasted money? Oh, yes. That's my wife. Have, have I ever done it all truth perfect? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we endeavor to do that. So here's the thing. If I can, I can ask accordingly, God makes provision, and, but within that, I'm going to say, okay, God... You lead me, you guide me, you direct me. And you know what? Whenever he reveals to me a, a time where I've done it wrong, I've told you the stories of buying a horse that I didn't, couldn't afford or buying the house we couldn't afford, buying a vehicle, making a bad trade. You know what we do? We say, Lord, forgive me. I repent. Help me fix this. So we can ask for then wisdom to, to, bring, to bring that about. But it comes from going to God in faith. He says he'll ask. Now, I'm using things. Those are, those are examples. But what's more important in the things within his will and his direction? Wisdom. God, how am I going to raise these three kids or four kids or two kids or one kid? Lord, how am I going to learn how to... How, how are we going to learn to live together as a retired couple with no kids? Some of you might experience that. That's a whole different ballgame. I, I think it's awesome. But uh, Kinsey's still at home. We're not completely empty nesters, but we're getting close. But you know, what, whatever it is in that aging process, in that time, in those job tran transitions, in those changes, asking God to guide and direct our prayer, but then praying it according to belief in Him that He'll supply. 
giving, the, gaining the and direction and the authority. He says he'll do what we what we ask in prayer. You know, a big part of the prayer of faith is spending the time with God to get His direction and will. And God, what do you say? How does this apply? What do I need to do differently? Where, where am I in the flesh or where am I in doubt? Where am I just disregarding you entirely and, and saying, God, God, direct me in all, in all things. You know, one of, the, one of the biggest areas that we always want to watch, and I always hammer on this, but is, is, is our heart. Are we willing, are we shapeable, moldable, and teachable for God to begin, bring that correction, bring that insight, bring that direction? When we get those things lined up, then we begin to be able to make a prayer that brings the hope and the desire that we have into the now and brings the results. So as we grow in our faith and knowledge of Him, as we wrap this up, uh, you can go ahead and stand. And, and I want to I challenge us with, with taking away from this one of the things that Jesus was trying to do with His disciples there in John chapter 14, and it goes on into 15 and 16, but He's establishing their ability to walk in close relationship with Him. He goes on in chapter 14 and He says, I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. That's part of the, 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 the thing that, that we have as our benefit. When we, when we come into a relationship with God, we have a choice to give that room for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and when we're born again. So let's pray and let's just... just Father, I just thank You and I praise You that, that these, these people are here to hear the Word. They're, 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 they're here to honor You. And the Lord, if, if it's easy right now or if it's difficult, that I thank You that You're with them and provide for them. And Father, I just pray and I ask that You would give them wisdom and, and, and insight into what areas of their life that, that need to be shored up and, and more secure? Are there areas that, that you really don't allow God into because you can handle them on your own? I pray, Father God, that we, you'd be involved in each area of their lives. Father, I just pray that, that, that you would lead, guide, and direct so that we walk in the full blessing in every area. Father, I pray that today that as we, as we go throughout the week that, that we just put you and allow this word to grow that we believe in you in a depth that we've never believed before. I pray that we begin to pursue you in a level that we've never pursued you before. And I pray that for each and every one. Lord God, if there's anybody who's not made Jesus Lord of their life, I pray that they'd also make that decision, that prayer today to say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Christ, that, that you died for my sin and that you were raised again to, to life so that I could have the gift of salvation. You can call upon the name of the Lord and receive salvation today, and I pray that you contact us if you do that. In Jesus' name, amen.